Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am your host, Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams, and are you ready? Am I ready? Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? I I did the intro. We should be ready. But are you ready, ready? For what? Are you ready for some football? Good Lord. That's that's, that's the premise, man. That's what we do every episode. You have to to go along with it, man. It's part of the the gimmick, man. Normally, you just do it. You don't ask me questions. I'm supposed to do it. It's part of the gimmick now. I'm trying to include you in my gimmick, brother. That's what what friends are for. (laughs) Anyway, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Are You Ready for Some Football? We have a pretty good show lined up today, but before we get into next week's predictions, conference championship games, before we get into all the news and notes and rumors and innuendo and all that other types of bullshit, we got to go over what took place, division round weekend, in the NFL playoffs, and holy shit, (laughs) this was, again, another weekend where we thought we knew what we were talking about, but apparently, we didn't. Uh, well, for the most part, we didn't. Uh, we had a pretty good feeling about the San Francisco-Minnesota uh, game. Right. Uh, we kind of had a feeling that San Francisco was going to take care of their business against Minnesota, and they did. Um, the uh, Green Bay Packers and the Seattle Seahawks game, pretty controversial in some parts. You know, was it a first down? Was it not a first down? Some people can say it is. Some people can say it's not. Um but yeah, it was a uh, it was a game that maybe Seattle kind of slipped, maybe got you know, kind of slipped away from the fingertips in a way. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. there was plenty of times where they could have won the game. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things. You know, again, Devontae Adams is doing a great job. At, you know, being his primary uh, target. Uh, and then we come over to the AFC and the AFC, Jesus Christ! All right, that whole. <laughs> All right. So let's start. Let's start. Let's start with the game that we're both kind of happy about. Let's start with the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Tennessee exposed Baltimore. Yes, they did. <clears throat> yes, they did. To, and, and this takes. Uh, so uh, listening to. Uh, First Things First, Undisputed, and all those analytical shows, um, it's kind of split. Does it diminish what Lamar Jackson done throughout the season, or does it not? I don't think it does. Right. Um, I don't think it diminishes anything he done. What what I think hurt Baltimore uh, was three weeks of rest. Yes, definitely. Three full full weeks of rest. They came in cold. Very cold. Um, but that's also to take nothing away from Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a beast unto himself. Monster. I, I don't know anybody that can contain Derrick Henry right now. As of right now, no. Um, I, he has been playing lights out. And uh, it, the, compared to how... Big, you've seen pictures online dude, of how like, jack, how jacked and big dude is. Like he's like 6'3", 250 pounds. He's not your your prototypical running back. He doesn't do cuts and slants and none of that. He's just gonna mow you over. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and they they got a good complimentary back with uh, Deion Lewis, but Deion Lewis is more of your catch back. He's one of those. Can catch the ball out the end zone. He can get you a couple of you know a couple of quick yards here and there. Oh, yeah. you don't want to run Derrick Henry every single play because his, you know, I, I, even though he does have a big size and big frame, you you worry about him tiring out later in the game. But the problem is, is that his motor just keeps on going. It, it's insane. Um, you know, it's right. I think if you want to put the blame on which I mean, 
Lamar Jackson making them turnovers. You can't. There's a time and place to play hero football, and that wasn't the time and place. The time and place would have been maybe possibly the Super Bowl, the AFC Championship game. But you had to take care of business. Do what you've done that got you to where you are. You know, continue to have a balanced running attack and continue to be pounding. The defense in and of you, itself was way too you, concerned about, you know, you know, the run game that it allowed Tannehill to do what he did. Now the people are getting confused. So now it's like, okay, now we got to worry about Tannehill now. And then Derrick Henry runs your ass over again. So it's like, ugh, you know, you he they played him pretty good. You can't blame all of that on Lamar. You're right. You can't. Uh, but he, but he needs, but he needs Jim, to share a burden of responsibility. Jim Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh. Yeah, one of them damn Harbaugh brothers. <laughs> he, I, I, he didn't come in prepared. He didn't. He he wasn't prepared for a Derrick Henry. Um, he wasn't prepared for Tannehill to be playing. I, I've said this for how long? Now? About two or three months. The Tennessee Titans with Ryan Tannehill. Are scary. Yep. Just think of what what Tennessee has done over the last their last three games. Just their last three games, they beat. Excuse me. They beat Houston, AFC South divisional winner. Right. They beat New England, divisional winner and previous Super Bowl champion. They beat Baltimore, the number one seed. Divisional winner and the possible MVP of the league on the team, right? So yeah, so so they beat they beat their uh, division champions, right? In in the Houston Texans, they beat the quote unquote goat, right? Then they beat the MVP, right? That's that's a that's a, that's, some, that's some pretty good resume right there. That's that's an impressive. A, a very, very impressive three weeks. Right. Okay. But now they got, can they keep this momentum going for the next two weeks? There's that, a question. That's the thing. Do they have enough to beat two more solid teams? Right. Which leads us to the next game, Kansas City versus Houston. Oh, that was a heartbreaker. That was yes. such a heartbreaker. When you called me, because I didn't get a chance, because I, I wasn't watching this game. I was spending, spending some time with my family, and Chip called me and said, hey, man, are you watching the game? I'm like, no, I'm spending some time with my family. He said, bro, it is 21 to nothing in the first quarter. Houston is killing it. I'm like, you're kidding me. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. So then I didn't think anything of it. Went back, and I was like, all right, cool. They're going to take care of business. So in my head, I'm thinking, okay, Houston's doing to Kansas City what Tennessee did to Baltimore. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And then I go to Facebook, and I see somebody post something. It wasn't you. It was it was another uh, it was another person watching the game, and they said, "Oh my God, how could you let that get away?" I'm thinking, "Let what get away?" You know. And it says it was watching the game, and I'm thinking, "Don't tell me Kansas City came back." Oh, Kansas and then City I look back, and I'm like, back. I look at the score, and it's like 24-21. I'm like. Really? This is all before the half? What the hell? Yes. So, I'm thinking, okay, this is a game of tail two halves. It's going to be a blowout. They're going to have like 40-something or whatever. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Kansas City to come back like that. Yeah, <laughs> wasn't expecting it. I will say that there was two terrible calls on Bill O'Brien's part in the second quarter. Right. You know, we're, we're just going to talk about the second quarter for a second. He had 
fourth and inches and decides to kick a field goal. That's not the moment you kick a field goal. You go for it. <laughs> he should have. He should have went for it. Um, held Kansas City to a three and out. Comes back. Fourth and three. Decides to do a fake punt and gets stuffed. Uh, Kansas City. Uh, fourth and three in Houston's own territory. Mm. Gets stuffed. Kansas City gets the ball. Uh, turnover on downs and scores. Jesus Christ. Those two calls, I believe, are what flipped the momentum of the game. If if it was, I mean, and I, again, I mean, I can armchair quarterback all day. I of course, but because that's if, that's what we do, right? But if I'm if I'm looking at this, okay, if I scored 21 points in the first quarter. With the possibility that Kansas City has a quarterback who could literally be, who could probably go down in history by the time his career ends as one of the greatest, depending on his move, depending on his uh, game set, I would be like, all right, this kid's young. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league at such a young age. I don't want him on the field right now. So I'm right. thinking we run the ball, we drain as much clock as we possibly can, and let's just get at it at least this quarter unscathed. Then we can adjust to the second half, and then hopefully, but even but in the second half, they scored more. They scored just as many points in the second half as they did the first. Yes, fifty-one to thirty-four was the final. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. So no, fifty-one, thirty-one, thirty-one. Uh, yeah, it was. Kansas uh, City beat Houston by twenty. Yeah, that was after being down twenty-four 20. to nothing. Yeah. So that is a uh, man. Your AFC Conference Championship game now. Looks like this. The Tennessee Titans will travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. Uh, so for the second year in a row, Kansas City will host the AFC championship, championship game. Yeah. Um, then the yeah. NFC, uh, we know Green Bay beat Seattle. San Francisco beat uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. So Green Bay will travel to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's going to be interesting. Both games are very, very interesting because you yes. have you have games here where the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs have did they did play each other earlier in the year. They did. The Tennessee Titans did beat the Kansas City Chiefs. However, Pat Mahomes was not on the field. He was not. San Francisco, the last time they played Green Bay, nuked them like it was. It was an, a matter of fact. I don't have my uh, I don't have my stuff with me here. I don't got my just just my two pieces of paper here. Um, I think that I mean it was it was a it was a it was like thirty something to six or something like that. It was a very very high score. It was, it was a very very high scoring game by San Francisco, and their defense just played lights out. Right. Um, but when we get to our predictions later on in the episode, I'll tell you why I think you know certain things are certain things go are going to go down right the, the way that you think they're going to go yes uh, before um, we go to break I do want to say one thing um today's Drew Brees' birthday he turns 41 years old today there you go here are a list of Drew Brees' accomplishments Super Bowl champion yes Super Bowl MVP yes 13 time Pro Bowler 2 time Offensive Player of the Year number one in yards, mm-hmm. number one in completions, number one in touchdowns, 
number one in completion percentage. Right. Seven-time passing yards leader, four times touchdown leader, six-time completion percentage leader, and the most 5,000 passing yard seasons of any quarterback ever. Yeah. Dude's the truth. <laughs> Arguably will go down as one of the best to have ever done it. Yes. I agree 100%. And What hurts Drew Brees? I don't think he's done. What hurts Drew Brees is the one single Super Bowl. Yes. It's the same thing that hurts Aaron Rodgers. It's the same thing that hurt Peyton Manning for the longest. And it's the same thing that hurt... Dan Marino, because everyone says Dan Marino, oh man, he was one of the best throwers of the football I ever seen, but he never won a Super Bowl. You know, Warren Moon, again, another great quarterback, never won the Super Bowl. Brett Favre only has one Super Bowl to his credit, but people don't really see Brett Favre as a, even a top 10 quarterback of all time, you know, which I have my opinion, but, um, you we know, all have our opinions. For Drew Brees, I think Drew Brees is is very underrated because he played in the era of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and he was mixed all in with all that you know so he doesn't get enough credit for being great the way he is I mean dude's a bona fide Hall of Famer he's going in first ballot hell it wouldn't surprise me five years to the day he retires he automatically goes in like it's not even a vote just put him in you know what I mean so so we'll take a short commercial break here we'll come back with some news notes rumors and our conference championship predictions see you on the other side and welcome back from that commercial break uh Talon, you want to hit us off with a little bit of news? Uh, some news that we got in here from the Movement Radio uh, breaking news in Central News Stations. We got it. Whatever. I don't, however those damn news stations do it. Uh, the Cleveland Browns have finally selected their head coach. And I was assuming that they were going to wait until after the Super Bowl to make their predictions because a lot of good candidates that are still involved with playoff teams are around. Kansas City's offensive coordinator, Eric Benami. Eric Benami is available. Robert Sala from the San Francisco 49ers, the, the, the defensive coordinator, is still available. But, unfortunately, the Cleveland Browns decided to go with Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, okay. in one hand, I can kind of understand why they went with Stefanski. That's part of that Gary Kubiak system. Exactly. But Gary Kubiak was still the driving force behind it. Um, how well will he do with this? Because this is like the fourth head coach that the Browns have had in the past five years or something to uh, that extent. Uh, they've had more head coaches in the last 20 years than the Patriots have had Super Bowl appearances. Right. It, it, probably more than that. Um, but the big issue that a lot of people are having with this, and I've heard about, and I've heard it from multiple different networks, from okay. ESPN to FS1, um, they were talking about the lack of the minorities in head coaching and in. Uh, that's one of Stephen A. That's one of Stephen A. Smith's huge talking points. He thinks there needs to be more African Americans in head coaching roles. Yes, uh, and and I agree as long as they're. Good coaches, right, and qualified for the position, right. The um, problem, the problem is, is that a lot of these African American head coaches don't get the chance because you have to look at it when when the Rooney Rule was 
instituted. Um, and John Wooten, who uh, who was the former uh, chairman of the uh, Fritz Pollard Alliance, who which which was the people who basically investigated like the Rooney Rules and stuff, and making sure that. African Americans get the same opportunities that their white counterparts do. Um, for a lot of these franchises, they will interview a black head coach wanting the job, and they already know they're not going to hire the person, so they're like, okay, that's just another check in the box. Right. Which leads to a lot of people believing that the Rooney Rule is a complete joke because going back a couple of years ago, there was seven minorities, minority head coaches. Now, there's four. There's... Uh, uh, yeah, there's Mike Tomlin up in Pittsburgh. Right. There's uh, Anthony Lee, Anthony uh, Lynn. I can't remember. I think he's I think he's San Francisco's. Not San Francisco. I'm sorry. He's uh, San Diego's head coach. Okay. Uh, there's the head coach of the. God, I can't remember the name. It, that's how my I have a toothache, ladies and gentlemen. So please forgive me. Uh, my head's hurting. That's why I can't think. Brian Flores, Brian Flores. the head coach for the. Uh, Miami Dolphins, and the only and the only other minority is Ron Rivera of Latino descent, who is the new head coach for the uh, Washington Redskins. So the minority candidates have, you know, gone down significantly for the head coaching position, but they've elevated in other positions such as defensive coordinators and assistant coaches. Yes. So there is opportunity there, but the problem is, it's like okay, you'll give us opportunity. But it's like people are afraid to let them lead. The, the lead. It's like it's like it's like we want you to be the cook. We don't want you to be the, the face of the franchise. In a sense, you see what I'm saying? Because, it, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. Is it that they don't want them to, or they're not qualified to? There's the difference, right? Uh, and and I'm not saying they're not qualified uh, because I can think right off the top of my head of two. Uh, African American coaches that are much more qualified than Freddie Kitchens ever was. Right. Um, and, and we all know why Freddie Kitchens got that job because yeah. him and Baker Mayfield were best buds. Right. Uh, but at the same time, you know, are they qualified for that position? Well, I can tell you this right now. I think I think uh, Jim Caldwell, who's an African American head coach. He should be in the league coaching somewhere. I think that Marvin Lewis, even though Marvin Lewis, he 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 has a great resume on his record, you know. But his biggest issue was once he got to the playoffs, he's zero and seven. That's his all. It's always been his Achilles heel. Of course, it's his playoff record. Yeah. But he he does turn around teams. But you notice after Marvin Harris left the the Cincinnati Bengals. Where are the Bengals at right now? They're still in shambles. They're trash. And and they're going to be trash right. for the next... Whether they draft Joe Burrow number one overall or not, they're going to be trash. They are. Because I've said this, I don't think they should draft a quarterback number one. They need to build their offensive line mm-hmm. first. Right. Then get your quarterback. Take, take the next couple of years to build your offensive line with young talent. Then you get your quarterback, your franchise quarterback. Otherwise, you're just gonna get him killed. Yeah. Which I mean, if you if you keep Andy Dalton, at least Andy Dalton knows how to take the hits and keep going. You know. Um, and then and then you got guys like Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith, who led the Bears to a Super Bowl. You know, and then he has one bad year after the fact, and now he can't get a job anywhere. Like, I think he, I think he. 
I don't know if he went to Tampa Bay after that or if it was before that. But, you know, I think that a lot of people nowadays are considering the Rooney rule to be a joke because of the fact that there's not been a whole lot of, like, proven coaches. I I will tell you 100% the Rooney rule is a joke. Right. Like, how could, like, you have Lovey Smith, Jim Caldwell, there's a lot of great African American uh, coaches and defensive coordinators like Robert Sala, the defensive coordinator from San Francisco, and Eric Benami, who has done a great job as the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. What about yet, Romeo Cornell? Romeo Cornell, right. Todd Bowles. Todd, dude, why is Todd Bowles? Todd Bowles had a good opportunity for the New York Jets. But that was more on his personnel, and that was more on Mike Tannenbaum not giving him the proper authority to make decisions, make football decisions. That's that's what I'm saying. So let's let's call it what it is. The majority of these team owners are old, that old school white guy, right? Old school white guy money. Right, right. All that old money. Yep. Um, and and you're you're starting to now see uh, a, a little bit of turnover in that. Um, in uh, Tennessee, Bud Adams passed away. His daughter took over. She she's not old money. Right. Uh, she she's very forward and progressive thinking. Um, in Houston, um, Bob McNair passed away last year, and his son Cal took over. Cal is is very forward-minded and progressive thinking. Right. To the point that they don't even have a GM. It's yeah. it's GM by committee right now. Right. Uh and from the last press conference I've seen, that doesn't look to be changing anytime soon no. there in Houston. Yeah. So Yeah, and and uh, Miami, to my knowledge, the Miami Dolphins, they're the, Chris Greer is our general manager who is the only minority general manager in the league at the, as of right now. Exactly. But what the point that I'm getting to is that you have these great African American coaches who are proven winners, A number 1, and then you have a guy again, Robert Sala, Eric Benami, two African American coordinators who have great game plans that could be given the chance to be stars in this league, but the Carolina Panthers go get an unproven Matt Rule whose teams play zero defense. Or they get, or the New York Giants getting a Joe Judge, an unproven. What do you mean whose team plays zero defense? In the Look at when when when, ba- when, when Matt Rule was in Baylor. He gave up so many yards, so many points off their defense in one, not one, not against Oklahoma in the first go around. Pretty much let Oklahoma come back and win that game. But in the uh, the uh, the Big 12 championship game, Oklahoma blew them off the field with no defense. And then when they played Georgia in the what was it, the Sugar Bowl, or was it the uh, when did Baylor play Georgia? What game? What 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 bowl game was that this year? I want to say it was the Sugar Bowl. It was. Georgia blew them out of the water. So like, you mean to tell me that you wouldn't take you you're going to take a chance on this young college court this young college coach, but to proven commodities and proven coordinators like a Robert Siler and Eric Manami, you would rather give this unproven guy a, a chance as opposed to these guys who's actually proving their worth in the NFL? You see what I'm saying? That, and that's where it kind of like, you know. Arizona done it. Arizona done it, but did they did, but they didn't really go anywhere. They didn't make a playoff. They didn't even win their division. You're right. You see what I'm saying? So I understand giving people chances, but what I'm saying is there's other people who I think 
deserve at least a better chance. Is that do you, do you see what I'm saying? Especially like especially offensive coordinators. Like I think Josh McDaniels deserves a second chance. Oh, you know, well, I think that there's a lot of great like. But here's the thing. Also, here's the know? thing with Josh McDaniels. He's already said he doesn't want that opportunity again. So so here we are Monday morning quarterback in this thing, and how do we know that these coordinators? Uh, how do we know Todd Bowles? Hasn't come out and and told his people or told people around the league like yeah I'm, I'm okay where I'm at I, I'm I'm great right where I'm at like mm. you know or um, Romeo Cornell he was the assistant head coach in Houston and then he's like eh this ain't really for me I'm gonna go back to being just the defensive coordinator right. yeah. I think what people want is just the op- is just for. African American quarterbacks to have the opportunity to present their case that way. It's more of a fair comparison. Like, okay, if you if if you don't hire them, that's fine. But at least give them a fair and just opportunity as a with their white counterpart so that you can make, you know, because if you're just if you just bring an African American quarterback in for just an interview, just to check a box, then I, that that defeats the whole purpose of the Rooney Rule entirely because it's about fair and equal opportunity. To have that position, oh. but if they're just bringing bringing them in just to check a box, that's that, that's not cool in my eyes. You know, no, 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 no. Yeah. I completely understand that, but I also I'm just playing devil's advocate. I understand. Here. I understand. Um, it's it's also one of those like, do you go take an unproven African American coach over a proven Caucasian coach? Or a proven Latino coach, right? Because let's be honest, if if we're talking about it, the Redskins had an opportunity to get All any any of these other coaches, and they pick Ron Rivera, right? Who, but Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera is still a minority in that sense. Okay, but we're we're specifically the the talking point specifically is about African American head coach. Yes. Okay. Not minority head coaches. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith. His talking point is strictly African American head coaches. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I get it. There's Mike Tomlin. There's Brian, Brian Flores, Flores. Anthony and Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Right. Right. I think Todd Bowles would. Make a great head coach. Mm-hmm. I think Romeo Cornell would make a great head coach. Uh, but it's more about what they would want. Would they want the head coaching position? Exactly. Uh, it, it, the, I, I'm going to go college football for just a second. Okay. Uh, a few years ago, the Texas Longhorns hired uh, Charlie Smart. Right. Right. African-American head coach. He didn't produce right in, te- uh, in Texas. And they fired him. I liked Charlie Smart. Right. Right. Now, he's now the head coach at is it Southern Florida or Central Florida? Well, there's, well there's, there's, there's South Florida and then there's Central Florida. Well, there's, there's USF and there's UCF. University of Southern Florida, the University of Central Florida. 
He's the head coach of one. Lane Kiffin was the head coach of the other. And I always get them mixed up. I think Lane Kiffin, uh, no, I thought he went to Florida International or Florida Atlantic. One of those two, one of those two schools was. I think it's Florida it, Atlantic. I, I thought it, it I thought it was UCF because they went like two or three seasons undefeated. Yeah, the Golden Knights. That's the that's the team that's outside of I think Orlando and then South right University of South Florida. I think is in Tampa or Sarasota. One of those. I'm things. not sure. But so Charlie Smart went there mm-hmm. as the head coach. And went two or three seasons undefeated. Right. So why couldn't he do that in Texas? Well, I think a lot of that has to do with, I mean, was, I think it's more long, but but at least he got the chance to make his case. At least he had a chance to coach. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's, it's not necessarily about good or bad. Well, it is about good and bad, but at the same time, it's also about the chance. Right. Are you seriously considering me as a candidate for this job, or are you just checking a box so that you don't get in trouble for not interviewing a minority head coach? That's where I think the contrast comes and, in. Because and that's we, don't, we don't know what we don't know. That's we don't true. know if it's the interview and and the interview is wrong for them, right? Or if they're just checking a box, right? We don't know. We can only speculate, right? I personally would like to see more African American head coaches. Um, because when I was growing up, uh, I, I went to a predominantly African American school, right? And all the schools that we played in our high school division, the head coaches I thought were amazing head coaches, right? But you know, yeah, they they never translated from there up, right? So. But um, yeah, but let's we, switch but we, gears. Yeah, let's switch gears a little bit because I mean, like I said, we did. I didn't want. To, I didn't want. To, I didn't want this to get a, to get heavy. But you know, but at the same yep. time, I do think that it. I think that being all inclusive is great, regardless of whatever the sport or whatever the entity is. Right. You know. So yep. if there are more African American head coaches, I think that's great for everybody. Yep. I think. All right. Switch gears. All right. Go ahead. Okay. On to the next one then. Uh, I thought you had something. That's nope. why I waited. Um, I'm going right. to wait a few um, minutes. A little bit, little bit of some somber news. We don't like to bring it down anymore. Um, but we did, there were some retirements that took place. Yes. Uh, Antonio Gates retired from the San Diego Chargers. Um, great tight end. Probably going in the Hall of Fame. Probably one of the top three tight ends of all time up there with Shannon Sharp and, and uh, Tony Gonzalez. Um, definitely someone who is worthy of, of – San, Di- uh, San Diego, uh, you know, the L.A. Chargers ring of fame. Um, probably an underrated tight end in terms of all the touchdowns he got in zone, you know, red zone touchdowns. Very, very effective weapon inside the 20-yard line. So, you know, he's going to be missed. Uh, the one that I really wanted to bring up and wanted to get your opinion on, uh, Luke Keekley, 28 years old, retiring due to concussions and due to injury. And you see that a lot more today than you do back in the day. Uh uh, you know, Calvin Johnson was 30 years old when he left. Andrew, Andrew Luck was 26. Yeah. A um, um, whole lot of, you know, good players leaving early. But guys are more conscious about their health now than they ever were. Um, right. And with CTE and concussion protocol and stuff like that, not just in football, but in, in all sports now. Right. Um, we know more about the damage that can be done to the the human brain 
because of these concussions than we did five or ten yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, anytime I think of CTE, I mean, because we that that subject's been brought up a lot, especially in. I don't think people really thought about it too much, you know, until all these, until people started paying more attention to mental health. Yeah. And like, why is there a rise of Alzheimer's in this country? Why is there a rise in dementia? Why is there a rise of, you know, people acting very strangely? And then next thing you know, uh, uh, people acting strangely because people are, right. uh, people are idiots. Well, that too. Uh, but, I mean. but, but it's strangely in terms of like, out of the norm like what you would normally be you know what I mean Um, and next thing you know and I can't think of the man's first name I think his name was Webster you know just committed suicide out of nowhere you know Andre Waters you know from Philadelphia committing suicide out of nowhere Junior Seau probably one of the greatest linebackers that's ever played the game shoots himself in the the chest you know Um, and and that's just in football and you know I think there was another player I think I can't remember his name to save my life but there was a baseball player that played for the San Diego Padres you know, killed himself. And how many times, I mean, I'll bring it up in pro wrestling. It's kind of the same. Look at the, the Chris Benoit situation. A lot of yeah, it was blamed on CTE really as only well. The, the, the only situation. Well, that's the only, that's the only situation because it was, it was a double murder suicide. But if you look so at, they other, say. Like, so, so they, allegedly I'm not going <laughs> to, yeah, so yeah, we'll talk about that at a different time, but there have been other wrestlers like, you know, Mike Awesome was considered to have CTE. Uh, Sean O'Hara was considered to have CTE. Uh, Mike Lockwood, aka Crash Holly, was considered to have CTE. And a lot of Mike the, Holly uh, or uh, uh, Crash Holly, Crash Holly overdosed on drugs. Mike Awesome hung himself. Uh, right, but could that all have been? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like I mean, Mike, we Awesome can say him. it could have been. Right, but the only person that has been proven that. They were suffering from this has been Chris Benoit. Right. No other wrestler have that has died um, at an early age or killed himself at an early age has has been proven to have uh, CTE. Maybe not, but it is more. No, it's more prevalent. Prevalent. It, yeah. It now, weighs more you know, on you than yeah. than it it does. That's just why saying, we rest out with other companies now. It's like, right. okay, we're going to give you guys a longer, you know, couple of extra more days off work. You know, if you don't feel like working, you don't have to work, which which kind of goes against the whole mentality of like, oh, it doesn't matter if you're sick or not. You get out there and you you know you do what you got to do. But nowadays, and I, I mean, honestly, the NF, with the way the NFL is now, bigger, harder, faster, stronger, the hits are more violent now than they ever were. Even I don't though, know that the hits are more violent I mean, compared to what they were, where you used to have the jacked up segments on NFL Countdown, where they exactly would be like, oh, that I was think, bad, you know. I think the hits are less violent now than they ever have been. There's just more of them, and it takes a bigger toll on the body at the end of the day. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of like, like it's like, would you rather get hit with, you know, a ten pound weight one time, or would you rather get hit by? A, a, a one five. pound weight or a five pound weight twice or a one pound weight ten times yeah. it's still going to have the same effect you know right it's, it's just it's just it's just more prolonged than you know exactly but yeah um and then real quick we'll wrap this up with antonio brown is crazy antonio brown is losing his damn mind and i don't understand why antonio brown is doing the things that he's doing there was a video t- there was a uh, video that was released on his instagram account him talking shit and cursing out his baby mama and the police 
while his children are there right beside him um, and people are still encouraging his behavior. It's just, I don't know, man. It, it's, so, it's getting to a point to where it's becoming sad in a way. So know? my question is, how much of this is new Antonio Brown or how much of this was covered up by the Pittsburgh Steelers because he was able to produce on the field. There have been so many cases where the uh, a player who you know produces on the field but has this really crappy attitude and everything, and the front office is like, hey, hey, dude, we'll just shove that under the rug mm-hmm. because he's you know helping us win. Well, Mike Tomlin, let when you, it's kind of like when you have a kid and. The kid does something bad, and you don't punish him. Exactly. So now he thinks he can he can do it all the time, and then you try to punish him, and then it doesn't work. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. So you know he got it. He, he had it. You know he was upset with Juju Smith Schuster because he won the team MVP, and he said, "No, that was my award." He started talking shit to him. He alleged some shit about Ben Roethlisberger. He tried to do all that thing. And that was that was the year that it it, it kind of came to a, a head, and right. he left. So they traded him to. Oakland, he wouldn't show up for practice. He wouldn't show up for walkthroughs. He had a poor attitude every time he was around John Gruden and Matt May- Mayock. I want to say that's how his last name is yeah. pronounced. Mike and Mayock was like, or Mayock, Mayock, whatever. And then he says, you know what? Fuck this shit. We ain't got no. We ain't gonna do this. We're just gonna cut you or yep. trade you. Or did they cut him or did they trade? Him? They cut him. They cut him from from Pitts, from uh, uh, Oakland. They, they cut him and they because he uh, was basically in breach of contract because he wouldn't show up for practice. He wouldn't show up for walkthroughs. Um, he had a shitty attitude. Um, yeah, they didn't have to pay him to the team. Yes, they didn't have to pay him any of his contract. They did You know, uh, so then he left there, went to New England. You know, Tom Brady was like, we can do stuff with him that probably yep. nobody else can do. Played one game with him against, I think it was the week two game against Miami. Blew Miami out, obviously, because Miami was a horrible football team at that point and probably still is. You know, had a good game. And then... He started doing more of his shenanigans, and Bill and Bill Belichick was like, "No, it was or not Bill shenanigan. It wasn't. It was. That's when it started coming out about, about the sexual assault allegations, the sexual assault yeah. allegations, and all this other stuff. And, and they just cut him. Yes, and straight up. Yeah, he, and it, it got to become a distraction. Like it is the first time that Bill Belichick ever left a presser because they were asking him other questions other than football. Like, because Bill Belichick is just—he's business, straight business. He don't talk about the—he don't talk about the, the outside lives, the outside world. He's focused on just New England football. Yep. So for them to continuously ask questions, well, what about Antonio Brown? What do you think about this Antonio Brown? You know, all this extra shit. So they were like, no, I'm I'm not doing this, and he walked away. Right. And then, but at the then they cut Antonio Brown. And then that's when Antonio Brown got on his high horse and started talking shit about Belichick, talking shit about Robert Kraft, the owner of New England, about how he had some uh, proprieties, if you will. And then that led to, you know, like, okay, we're not going to do it. To the point to where Commissioner Roger Goodell put Antonio Brown on the commissioner's exempt list, which is basically it's being suspended without actually being suspended as a way. In other words, you can be signed by a team. No, but I don't think he. I don't think he. He's is, not. He's, he's not, technically not on the list. Yeah. But if he does sign with a team, he's going on the list because, well, because until this so, sexual assault allegation situation is taken care of. So he kind of like the way they a, did uh, with uh, Zeke, pretty much. He had a. Well, they never put Zeke on the exempt list. 
he just got he just suspended. got suspended. Right. Uh, he played through the whole thing, uh, and then served a six game suspension. Yeah. Can we pick and choose the six games that he gets suspended? <laughs> That's what they were trying to go for in it. No, 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 it's no, just it's these six games. The first six games. <laughs> right. Um. So most recently, uh, Antonio Brown had a workout with the New Orleans Saints. Right. Um. And they said that he he played very well. Mm-hmm. He caught everything that was thrown at him. Right. The reason they didn't sign him, two reasons. One, he had a shitty attitude. Right. Par for the course for Antonio Brown currently. Right. He could turn that all around in the offseason and come back next year and be a model citizen, be a model employee, and play lights out. We don't know. So, that was number one. Number two was they, the New Orleans Saints staff, could not get uh, Roger Goodell to answer them whether Antonio Brown was on the, the exempt list or not. He never would answer. So, they were like, well, uh, we're not going to sign him to a deal and then... Roger Goodell come out and say, oh, well, he can't play because he's on the exempt list. Right. Uh, so they just decided not to. Right. But at the same time, so. but at the same time, they also told him, hey, don't show up with an honorage. You know, don't show up with anybody with you. And he shows up with more people with him than he normally would show up exactly. anywhere else. But but here's the thing. They still let him they still let him practice. They still let him go through with it. Yeah. So it's like, again, you tell him not to do something. He does it anyway, and he still gets allowed to participate. That's encouraging his behavior more than it is anything. But then after that, after that whole thing was over, and they didn't, and the, and the, and the Saints didn't sign him, he goes on IG again and says, oh, it was just a publicity stunt. They weren't going to use me anyway, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay. Because you know. you're not getting your way, you're going to throw a temper tantrum. Exactly. Get and come here's, on, let me, let me, yeah, come on, son. Fuck, I hear that bullshit. No. But here's the thing, and I'll say this, because a lot of people said Randy Moss was a diva wide receiver. A lot of people said that Terrell Owens was a diva wide receiver. And in a sense, yes, I guess you could say he was. He is. But man, at least T.O. showed up and played and did what he said he had to do. As much as I I dislike Terrell Owens, I, I will tell you that, yes, at least he showed up. And produce. Yes. You know, there which Antonio Brown no, can produce, but he's he's got the he's not showing up. That's the point, yeah. He's got the so. shittiest attitude of any player that I've ever seen, you know, and I think that if he could but I also think it has a lot to do with the people around him too. He's not he doesn't have the right people around him right. to be able to do the things that he is supposed to do. Because I'm of the mindset you are a product of your environment. your environment, yes, but you have to surround yourself with people. He surrounded himself with people who's going to tell him what he wants to hear, instead of surrounding him with people that tells him what he needs to know. And right now, he's going to—he he needs people to tell him what he needs to know. Because I mean, seriously, it's one of the things like, bro, you fucking this up. You keep on doing what you're doing. You ain't never going to play in the NFL again. And you said that's what you love more than anything. Come on, man, get your shit together. But, right. All right, so we running a little bit pressed. Let's go ahead and knock out these games. All right. Um, we got Tennessee at Kansas City. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Tennessee wins this game. 
Uh, is there enough room on that limb for me? Because I'm, I'm jumping on that bandwagon too. I got Tennessee winning this one as well. I, and you know what? I don't think it's the bandwagon for me. Um, if you go back to last week, I, I did say that I thought Baltimore was going to win, but I also added the caveat that of all the teams in the playoffs, Tennessee had the, the best chance, right? The only chance of beating them, in my opinion, and then they did, right? Uh, and beat them pretty handedly. But here's the question: Will Tennessee beat beat Kansas City handily the way they beat Baltimore? No, right? Um, I think it's going to be a closer game. I don't think Kansas City's defense has what it takes to stop yeah. Derrick Henry. Yeah, Derrick Henry is going to run all over that defense. And, and let's be honest. Once Derrick Henry gets going, mm-hmm. they're going to load the box on Derrick Henry. Tannehill's going to be able to make the the plays that he makes. And with A.J. Brown, dude, A.J. Brown is no joke, dude. He can be a, a breakout star in this league. Oh, I he, he's, he's, I, I would say he's Tennessee's Rookie of the Year. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, and could, could he all-around Rookie of the Year? Or do you think he... Tennessee's all-around Rookie of the okay, Year. Okay, so just Tennessee's Rookie of the Year. Uh, well, I also think that he could... Get I, consideration? I, I would have to do a little bit of research in the AFC, uh, but I think he could be AFC's Rookie of the Year. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, so we both have Tennessee going to the Super Bowl. Yes. Now for the NFC. This one, it's a little bit back and forth for me, and I really had a difficult time picking this one. Okay. The reason why I had a difficult time picking this one is because there's something that's telling me that we're going to see the old Aaron Rodgers again. The problem is he's up against that defense that is just an incredible defense. Right. Uh, but as good as San Francisco's offense is and as good as Jimmy G is, I want to say that maybe this is the game where the spotlight's going to get to him. And he's going to not shrivel under pressure, but not perform to his best. And I think that that's when Green Bay is going to come through. And in a closer game than people expect, like maybe a field goal or something, I'm going to go Green Bay winning the game. Okay. Um, I've got Green Bay winning this game, and here's why. Green Bay winning or San Francisco? i got San Francisco winning this game, and here's why. Okay. Um, San Francisco's offense is better than Green Bay's defense. San Francisco's defense is better than Green Bay's offense. Okay. Um, I don't think this is the game where the bright lights get to Jimmy G. Okay. Uh, I I think you're going to see Aaron Rodgers do Aaron Rodgers things to the best of his ability against... A stout defense. Green Bay hasn't played a defense like this. Yeah. Uh, well, Green Bay has. Well, well, they have. They yeah, mollywopped them. Exactly. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know what? I cannot remember what week it was. Oh, uh, um, I'm going to go back and look really quickly. Let's go really quickly. It should be an interesting. Uh, Green Bay played Chicago in week one. Minnesota in week two. Denver in week three. Philly in week four. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas Dallas in week week five. five. Detroit in week six. I think it was like close. Oakland in week seven. 
Kansas City week eight. LA Chargers in week nine. Okay. Uh, Carolina in week 10. ten. Week eleven, they were on a bye. There it is. Week twelve. There it is. Week San 12. Francisco beat Green Bay, thirty-seven to eight. Yeah. Um. And I don't know that Green Bay has gotten better. There's the problem. Uh. Well, I think they found a running game, you know, with James Jones, and I think that with Devontae Parker being there now, because I don't think he played in the San Francisco game, the first one. I don't think he did. So, now Aaron Rodgers has his his best weapon, and and he's healthy. So, now I think that now they got a better chance to go over the top on their on their on their defense. Okay. Um, so that's why I give the credit. That's why I give the nod to, to, uh, to Green Bay. Now I want to give a a small small hot take. Okay. Um, I predicted Tennessee to beat Kansas City. Right. Right. Um, that's my prediction. Okay. I'm gonna go out on the limb here and say it doesn't matter. Who wins the AFC Conference Championship? The AFC wins the Super Bowl. So even if it's Green Bay or San Francisco, correct. It doesn't matter who wins the NFC. The AFC is going to win the Super Bowl. That is my hot take for today. Okay. Uh, Tennessee beats Green Bay. I mean, I'm sorry. If Tennessee beats Kansas City, like I'm predicting, Tennessee will also win the Super Bowl. If Kansas City beats Tennessee. Kansas City will then win the Super Bowl. That is my hot take for the day. Uh, well, let me. Well, here, here. I think, and let me say this because <laughs> this is gonna, this is gonna sound. Use your words. Yeah, I think that it's gonna be a good Super Bowl regard. I don't think it's gonna be a blowout. No, no, that's no, what no, you're no. Predicting. No, I'm not. I'm not um, predicting a blowout. Right. I'm predicting because because I think it's Kansas City because that's the sexy pick. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants Kansas City so, versus Green so, Bay. The sexy pick, I, I, I said this earlier, uh, talking to a guy yesterday even. Uh, the sexy pick is Kansas City, Green Bay. Uh, 100th year anniversary of the Super Bowl. Kansas City, Green Bay played in the first Super Bowl. Right. So now they play again. There's the sexy pick. Right. But it's, um, it's, but I think also it's more than just the two, you know. No, the, I think it only, that, that's the precedent. The pre- that is the precedent overall, yes. However, people are going to look at Pat Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers. They're going to look at the past I think that, and the present. I think or that the present means, and the future. I, I you mean, know what I mean? I think that means less to them than than the the precedent the, of right. I mean, I mean, obviously the the people in the NFL here, are like this the, is it. Yeah. Here's the first. Well, your 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 typical NFL analysts are are going to go with the. Patrick Mahomes Aaron versus Rogers Aaron Rodgers. Right. Yeah. Um, but whereas, like, the NFL itself um, and people like a Nick Wright or um, Max Kellerman or um, Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Skip Bayless yeah. they're, they're going to play up more, hey, this is the 100th year anniversary. These two teams played in the first ever Super Bowl and right. now a hundred years later right you know it, it makes sense there hasn't been a hundred Super Bowls but but there's been yeah it's a hundred years know, of on, the NFL on the hundredth right. anniversary of the NFL right we have 
the rematch. Yeah, the rematch that everybody been waiting a hundred years for. Right. Uh, um. So but yeah, but uh, either way, I mean, I will say this: whether it's the Tennessee Titans, whether it's the Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's the Green Bay Packers, or whether it's the San Francisco 49ers, at least it's not the New England Patriots. At least it's not another year of. New England going to a Super Bowl to where you're praying like hell that they don't win and then they end up winning two of the last three. You know what? You know. I hope Tom Brady plays until he's laying in his coffin. Oh, I'm sure he will. Because fickle, fair-weather New England fans, they lost to Tennessee in the wild card game and everybody's like, oh, Tom Brady's got to give it up. He can't play anymore. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. We need a new head coach. He didn't scheme right. Right. You yep. lost one game. You are the winningest football program of the last 20 years. You have more Super Bowl appearances than anybody. You have more Super Well, they're tied with the Super Bowl. They're tied with... No. They have more Super Bowl wins. Do they have more Super Bowl wins than Pittsburgh does? Because Pittsburgh's got Pittsburgh six. Pittsburgh has six. I think Tom they have. Tom Brady s- has seven. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. He's appeared in nine. He's appeared in nine Super Bowls and he's won six of them. Okay, because so he lost. Because he lost to Philadelphia and then they're he tied. lost to the Giants twice. Okay, so, yeah, so, so yeah. they're tied. They're tied. Um, so yeah, but for yeah, but, but for me, but as that's a, there's that's, the thing. Tom Brady himself has as many Super Bowl rings as the entire franchise. Guys. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. And I think San Francisco, no, San Francisco's got five. San Francisco's got five. Five, yeah. Yes. Dallas has four? No, Dal- Dallas has five, too. Don't care. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't like the Dallas Cowboys. No, I forgot. All right. Well, that has been Are You Ready for Some Football? We're going to have uh, more predictions coming next week where we're going to go over the conference championships and then on to the Super Bowl. We'll figure out who's going to win that one. Yep. Uh, so, Chip, let's go ahead and let's take them out. All right. With that being said, please do not leave. Oh, before I get into that, uh, real quick. Go give us a follow on um, TikTok. Uh, just have just had opened a uh, TikTok account. Um, all of my podcast analytics tell me that TikTok is the new wave, and so we'll be posting some stuff on there as well. It TikTok. Uh, I don't think it's TikTok. It's TikTok. T i k t o k dot com slash movement radio i have no idea what tiktok is go check us out i'll show you here in a minute okay Um, all right go ahead so with that being said go give us a follow on tiktok do not leave without leaving a like share comment subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform also check us out on youtube go to movement radio and search you movement radio on youtube uh make sure you subscribe to the channel and make sure you hit that bell in the corner to be updated on our latest videos I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And And this this is Movement Movement Radio. Radio.